0: All right, welcome to another episode of Key Biscayne Stories where neighbors meet and neighbors. Today we have Mr. B, also known as Rodrigo Bustamante. Mr. B grew up here in the key, and he also was a teacher at St. Agnes Academy for 33 years. Before we talk to Mr. B, we have a quick word from our sponsors. The Academy of Martial Arts in Key Biscayne, more commonly known as RDCA, is proud to have served as Island Paradise for 27 years. Join them for a free introductory class to kickstart your martial arts journey. RDCA is a family-run business headed by Sensei Robert Dusoglu with his daughter and son. Morgan and Derek, both Senseis as well. They use martial arts, elite conditioning, and life quests, their self-guided enlightenment course to forge a stronger you. With over 100 years of combined martial arts experience between the Dusoglu Senseis, RDCA provides a holistic approach to self-defense, covering a unique blend of stand-up, close-quarter combatives, technical groundwork, weapon training, and traditional form. Over 3,000 students have walked through their doors and trained on the mat at RDCA in the last two and a half decades. You can call them at 305-365-0129 or visit their website at rdcamma.com for more information in the show notes. Mr. B, welcome on the show. How are you doing today? Great, great. Thank you very much for having me
1: here, Alejandro. Uh, This is uh, first time, so uh, 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 hopefully um, I can... uh, have a conversation with you without sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about. So
0: you know, we're we're excited to have you here on the show. You know, my sister went to your class at St. Agnes. It's history, right? I was history. What is it any particular, like, just like civics? Or? Well, it's it's
1: it's changed over years, but uh, basically social studies. I taught uh, sixth grade world history, seventh grade uh, civics, and eighth grade uh, U.S. history, which is standard curriculum for the middle schools yeah. and uh yeah i if they learned anything from me I, that's uh all i can ask for. so i hope she said some nice things about me
0: yeah i i don't you know when oh yeah no she did it's it's interesting because we when you try to look back to see how much you remember from your from your upbringing and education i'm sure it's in there but people feel sometimes remember more what they feel yeah, you know, yeah. feelings are the ones that and they say that in business too. People will remember how they felt, not what you said. So I think that the impact that you have left on people's lives throughout the years has been what people remember—that you're a great teacher, that you're a great educator. Well, then that's a, a privilege
1: and an honor to be in that position. Um, I don't take the the knowledge part as, as serious as I might imply, but if you can teach them to uh, be better people to enjoy learning, um, to just have a little memory of a small part of their lives that is positive, then they, they can uh, move forward and take care of all that other stuff on their own. I, I, I think uh, the middle school age is, is about just uh, uh, enjoying that time that sometimes can be difficult. And if, if you can just uh, let them uh, have good memories, which whatever that might impi- uh, imply, um, then they're gonna be fine, then they move on, and then they all grow up, and then they all become like you, which is <laughs> great, or like me or like anybody else. you know now I'm running into uh students who are who are parents who are you know in their forties, and you know we meet and and it's kind of funny they uh, they they still call me Mr B, but really is it is it any different they they're still Within the challenges of, of being adults and raising children and everything else, and yet they still have a little memory of of one small year at St. Agnes that kind of stays with them. Uh, what a, a great position to be in! You
0: know, my sister was here down visiting from Texas with her three kids already, yeah. and then and her husband. You know they drove, they drove to the key to see the, the aunt and and me and and his um her husband has a um, grandma in Hollywood, but. They stayed here with me in the key. Um, so we had a great time. And when I mentioned that I was going to interview you, she was very excited. And so I'll say hello, say, say hello. It was great, teacher. But. Always, uh, always, uh, it, it's funny. I, I met you.
1: You you reached out to me, and, and I knew the name. And I had, then you, you sent me pictures of, of your parents. I know these people. Everybody knows each other from one way or another. and uh, So we're connected in the same way that Danny's connected. Your parents are great people.
0: Thank you, thank you. So, tell me how how did what brought you to the key?
1: Uh okay. Um, so we go way back, right? Uh, uh, I was born in Cuba, and uh, um, my dad was a doctor. Uh, Nineteen, uh, you know, sixty—the first great uh, um, movement of Cubans out of, uh, of, of the Castro era uh, occurred, and uh, my dad had worked at with uh, the U.S. Uh, Army, Armed Forces, during the reconstruction of, of Europe after World War II. So he was assigned, and he was one of the lucky ones, uh, he was assigned a position with a veterans hospital in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So this is 1960, I'm two years old, I have a, a older uh, two older sisters, uh, Sadi and Caro, who still, by the way, live on the quay, and um, we moved to Milwaukee, um, maybe two or three uh, other Cuban families there, and uh, definitely, uh, you know, out of our comfort zone. It was uh, yet as a kid, it was great. It was uh, you know, snow days and uh, and, uh, and just living the the American way of life, and and we grew up that way. So, but right around 1966, my dad started to realize that the hopes of returning to Cuba were fading, and he saw. Uh, by now we were a family of five. My 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 brother Eduardo and my my other my younger brother Victor, uh, born in Milwaukee, suddenly started to, to you know of course get comfortable there, and we were losing our 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 mannerisms, our Cuban mannerisms, and I I think my dad felt we needed to <laughs> go somewhere where there. We're, you know, closer to, to home, as he would say. So we drove on down 1966, and uh, it was the summer of 66, so I'm going into third grade, and we drive down. Don't really know where we're going. Uh, how, how does a, a family of five jump in a, uh, a station wagon and, and drive down from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to, uh, to an island? You know, this was, this was kind of, we weren't prepared for this, at least as a kid. And uh, it immediately felt like paradise. It was just amazing, especially growing up, you know, being a kid. So we drive on to Key Biscayne. We get a little house on West Heather, the first house. These are old Mackelsis' Key Biscayne, 1966. It was just a small community, slowly developing, but surely not much here, which was perfect for a kid. I met. That very first day, uh, a family that uh, that is still, I know Jack is still on the key, uh, the Masias. From that very first day, we became best friends, Jack and Alberto. And he took me to the beach. And, I, you know, it was amazing. And it took off from there. I had the best childhood ever. And uh, it's never left me, I guess. The beach, there was no buildings on the beach. There was no... Uh, you know the the village green was just a, a, a wooded area. There was no uh, golf course or tennis courts where uh, I guess the uh, the ocean club is now. It was just a giant field. The Ritz was an old Sheraton hotel. Grand Bay Club was a uh, an old coconut plantation for kids so with a haunted barn and a. Uh, Don't go too far back in there because there are, you know, guard dogs that would attack you. So what did we do? We go into the haunted barns and we (laughs) we challenge the guard dogs, you know. And so it just took off from there. And I I couldn't have had a better upbringing and always been a part of me since then. So I don't know. How long has that been? 66 to to 23. uh, Moving on, uh, 50, 50, (laughs) 58 years. I better not date myself too much. So... uh, Lucky, lucky to just to have found Key Biscayne basically from the standpoint of how we got here, you know, Cuba, Milwaukee, uh, uh, Key Biscayne.
0: So how, what was it like growing up in the Key? Well,
1: uh, again, just as a kid, it was, it was Africa. It was, it was, you know, wilderness. It was mountain men. It was, uh. You know, old man in the sea, except we weren't old, um, all rolled into one. Uh, you know, it was a different era. And first, I'm going to say just simply that I think still to this day, gain is the best place to grow up in. Uh, it's the best place to raise a family. It is um, just an amazing community. And even though it's it's certainly changed, I I, I don't really... Think it has changed so much that it takes away from that um, that uh, experience. Um, Key Biscayne is amazing, but in but in you know the late '60s and, and and '70s, well, you know it's unincorporated Miami. It's uh, a middle class Mackle House community love technology and everything else, but there's no phones. There's no, uh, there's no real way of keeping track of everyone. So there was a, an amazing amount of liberty that basically started with, uh, um, uh, mom, I'm going out with my friends and my mom saying, we'll be back for dinner. And, and that's, it was, and then boom, we're out on our bikes and, and, and every day was, especially in the summers and every day was an adventure and there was always something to do. And, and, and the Key Biscayne was the place to do it. Uh, so little supervision. And that, that wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. It was a place of raising family. So just in my, commu- just in my block, just within, uh, eventually we moved after a year to Harbor Court. And just in that block, there was the, the Macias, the Contes, the Portellas, who are still president in Key Biscayne. The Noonans, uh, Larry in the back, and Andy, and the the Warners, and the Montillas. And, you know, this was just a community. And then, and every day, we'd go to everybody's houses, and, and that was it. And the moms were great. They would feed us all, and, and then we'd jump on a bike and go. Any given day could have led to... Uh, Epic capture the flag games on, on bikes that would last all night. Going to the beach, there was nothing on the beach except the old Key Biscayne Hotel, the Sheraton, and the greatest hotel on, on Key Biscayne, the old the Silver Sands, which is still there today. We could go diving there, we'd go fishing, we'd, uh, you know, there were great reefs right off the reefs. And that was just, hey, let's just go to the beach. And, and that's just how it went. Um, I told you earlier. You know, as we grow up, we used to go back in the the mangroves and uh, and, and build these epic forts. Uh, you know, just two story latch, you know, logs latched on, and it, it was it was just something you did. And then later, the the ski hole, which is where we spent, you know, almost every day skiing. And then as we got a little older, it just kept going. We'd jump in our little boats. They're like 12-foot little aluminum boats with the best engine ever made, which was the Johnson 6-horsepower engine. <laughs> never broke down. And we'd go to uh, to Soldier's Key, which is kind of a protected island now, for a bird sanctuary, but back then it was just an island. We'd camp out there. And and it was as simple as saying, Mom, we're going camping with Alberto and Jack and George and... Uh, and uh, and that's just how it went. It just kept going and going. And then there was uh there was great memories there. There was great memories there. I uh, I had the best childhood anyone could have.
0: I mean, how how did you call the area by what's an Agnes behind St. <laughs> Agnes? What, what was the name for it in for? Well, we were just kids, so we we're, we're building these
1: forts and we're going back there and we have machetes and ropes, you know, dragging ourselves through the mangroves and we just think it's Africa. So we're just Kids, we don't know anything, but so we had to. We named it something that seemed exotic and far away and just unreachable because that's how we saw what we were doing. So we'd call it Afghanistan, <laughs> and we're going back to Afghanistan today. And I know today it might have a different <laughs> understanding, but back then it was just a name that we thought was a cool name for a, a you know a wilderness. So, so when did you notice uh, Cuba's game changing? You know, you don't see it as it's happening, but, but I think during the 1970s, I was old enough to know what was going on, at least within the daily news. And, uh, Richard Nixon was president and he was a good friend of, uh, B.B. Robozo, who was the the president of the old Key Biscayne bank. That's where the the rec center is right now. And they were good friends. So he would come to Key Biscayne and live off, uh, the corner of, uh, Harbor Drive in this beautiful little cubby. I forgot the the name of that little street. And it became known as the Winter White House. And, it, 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 you know, there, whenever President Nixon would come down, he'd go to the old Presbyterian Church, which was right next to the the, the St. Agnes Church. It's still there today. And You know, news cameras would come, and, and Key Biscayne started to get, uh, uh, I guess, a little bit of recognition. Where is this place in Miami? Miami was totally different also. Uh, and... Um, and and they built a helicopter pad in the back of his old house. And it's still there today. You can see it if you go to, um, uh, it's called Mashta point or Nixon Beach. It still has kind of funny names to it where all the boats congregate on the weekends. And, and you'll see the, the helicopter pad there. It's still a, a presence. And so, you know, whenever he came, it was on national news. And, um, you know, nineteen early 1970s, a lot of... Um, A lot of big events were going on. The Vietnam War was winding down. You know, the presidency was being uh, 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 challenged with Watergate and everything else. So there was a lot of news um, coverage here on Key And I think at that moment, you know, it just once the word started to get out. But I don't think it really changed to the degree that it is today um, until the 80s. And that was because you just can't hide this place. It's just, you just couldn't. The best place in Miami. And you can't just, you know, keep that hidden for as long as it did. So it it, it developed rather quickly. And not for the worst, but just just natural. Natural growth. Natural growth. Just like Miami, where you know the, the courthouse was the, the tallest building in Miami in the 1970s. And you can't even see it now because it's buried in the, you know, in the... The jungle of skyscrapers, so mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. But you know, when you live it, you don't you don't analyze it. It was just yeah, you know, you just kept going. Uh, uh, so they uh, they they built a golf course where we used to you know roam around, and we, we used to call it Rabbit Hill. It was kind of. if You talk to some old timers, you know, Rabbit Hill was a place where it was an old dump, and rabbits used to run around there, and we used to go out there and try to catch rabbits, and 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 now a golf cart comes, in and there was. Okay, big deal. Now we, we play golf on the golf club, you know. Um, and, and then the tennis courts came and, uh, okay, big deal. And uh, now we can't wait for the Miami Open to, you know, it, it just was a a, a growth that fits still in our lifestyle. And the Shady Grove, which was kind of a, a, a pathway between Crandon and, Ham, and Hampton Lane, uh, you know, became the Village Green and, you know, better than just a, a you know, a, just an old, rundown, empty, you know, parcel of land. So, you know, all, all that just came, and, and we just went with it, mm. and we didn't. We still did the same things we did. You know, we was uh, playing flag football on Friday nights. It it was fishing every day and diving every day. It was uh, going to the beach club and, and spending hours there, just uh, uh, walking the beach. Uh, it's funny, you you as you grow, the Key Biscayne grew. And we just grew together. It was,
0: it was great. So as you kept growing here in the key, how was your high school time or era look like? Where did you go to high school? You know, it's a little different now because the
1: options were, were less. Almost everyone on the key would go. You know, I actually went to Key Biscayne Elementary, the community school, through, uh, through sixth grade. And then people would go to um, generally ponds, ponds. Um, um, Ponce Middle School at that time, the you know, it was structured slightly different, and then they would just go to Gables, and that was it. Every that's where, what everyone did. Um, my dad, who who, who struggled with uh, with trying to maintain our our Cuban heritage, <laughs> wanted me to have a more a more, uh, uh, um, <laughs> a more uh, uh, Cuban experience, I guess, for lack of a better word. And he, he, he wanted me to go to Belen. Now, today, like, you know, your eyes, funny when I told you, Belen, back back in, it, it, now today, it's a fantastic school and a beautiful campus out west. But uh, in the 1970s, it was on 8th uh, Street, 8th and 8th. Wow. And, I mean, it wasn't far from Guy Biscayne, and but it was a, a box building, no windows, no fields, run around the block, you know, for P.E., it was at first awkward to say the least. And we went with a, a small group of, of Kibiscane um and we were all f key and all friends, the Mantillas and the the uh, the Warners and the Macias. Again, these these are my lifelong friends and and um we went and it was the I'm gonna say the word, it was like the key rats versus <laughs> the 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 kids from Galle Ocho, and they're you know uh Different but the same. But we all had Spanish, you know, surnames. But but we didn't speak, you know, uh, Spanish as well as our names would suggest. So we got a little hassle from that, and and sometimes we we didn't quite fit in. But but it's funny. I guess you just live your life. So whatever those early memories were, um, by the time I graduated from uh, from Belen in '76, it, it was a, a it was a great experience and. As you would have it, the you know, my friends would come to Kibiscane, you know, instead of me going to, you know, 17th and uh twenty second, they'd want to come to Key Biscayne. And and so, you know, again, we just brought them over and we had a great time. We used to have barbecues and 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 gatherings at Crandon Park and uh it, again, it just fit. And it, it, it never really changed much. And then they would come camping with us, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm proud to have graduated from Belen, and, and, and I still have good friends from that era, and uh, I think it gave me what I needed to, to uh, you know, keep moving forward. Um, so, but I did st- always want to go to Gables with the rest of my friends, but uh, I never got that, uh, that chance. I guess you don't question things. You just, you just live your life, and you don't let it kind of take over your, your, what you like to do. So those were good years. Those were great years. really enjoyed
0: it. And so as you, as you kept moving forward then, what about college, university? Uh, in 1976, I graduated. Um,
1: I, got, uh, I went to Tulane University. And again, just uh, continuing my growth, uh, went to New Orleans. I guess there's no denying that, uh, you know, that was uh, uh, a great place to go to, to school. It was um, a big change. I embraced it. Uh, it was a great town that I still love today. And and you know, I brought my Key Biscayne sensibilities over there, and uh, and managed to graduate with a a, a management degree. Uh, which you know, okay, I, where where this goes is now the second part of the story. Up to that point, I was I was you know just a kid, and like everyone who knows, you know all of us who, who go through it. And by the time you when you graduate from uh, from college, all of a sudden your dad looks you in the eyes and says, "Now what?" That might begin my second part, like everyone's life, second a part of 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 growing up. And, uh, and it was uh, yeah, eighty uh, one, I guess. Now, keep his gains changing. Still living on the key, start getting jobs and start working. Move off the key if, if my job was <laughs> uh, paid enough to get an apartment. Move back in if you when you change jobs. So I, even though I start was starting to grow and and move forward, I was still connected to this key through my parents, uh, my family, and we just kept moving. But in my in the in but in the eighties, I was primarily in the the management business. I had various jobs in different locations. For example, what, uh, what did you work in? Yeah, It's funny. I would, I, I, I sometimes would tell my professional side of the story to my students and, you know, they would kind of listen to it. Like, but I thought you were a teacher and I well, go, <laughs> you know, maybe sometimes the best way to become a teacher is to do something else before you, you teach. So, um. No, always worked. Uh, There was no option there, but uh, um, I guess quickly, if it doesn't bore you, my first job was a sporting goods manager at an old retailer store called Best. Best, not Best Buys, just Best. It's one of these service merchandise places. And then I became uh, a pharmaceutical um, drug representative for the Bear Aspen Company, and and I did pretty well there for about two years. I I eventually got... um, uh, moved to uh, South Carolina where I, I was a regional sales manager there. So things were going well. There was the first time I really felt homesick. That was, it was very strong in me that I I just missed Key Biscayne. You know, I had a house in South Carolina, right in Charleston. It was beautiful. Life was good. And yet, you know, I I, I missed home. So kind of, kind of worried everyone when I quit that job and came back home. Uh, but no time to rest. I, I Then I got a job. I managed my own home health care business. Uh, you know, again, locked into a certain kind of expertise that was uh, taking me in a certain direction. Uh, and is our home health, uh, what do you... Home health that? care is providing a medical equipment for um, for the home. Okay. I must admit, I I, I, I was horrible at it. <laughs> because uh, this business during the the 80s was um, an opportunity for a lot of new companies to take advantage of um, uh, federal um, insurance money going into home health care as opposed to hospital care. So um, their whole deal was insurance, money, give you a bed or give you oxygen. But, you know, people would call me up and say, you know, (laughs) I don't have insurance and I need oxygen. I can't breathe. And I just started giving away <laughs> my equipment, you know, you for it. free. I just, you know, you couldn't sometimes say no. And, and uh, it, it bothered me a little bit, but, um, uh, but it was a job. It was a job. And then, uh, just again, cause I got locked into a certain expertise. I finally ended up, um, working with a, uh, a company that, um, provided surgical and hospital supplies and, and that was it and that was really a good job but by then I was done I I, I think I was um, I, I was 28 and I I began to realize that um, I think my ideals never changed uh, growing my con going to school uh, at Berlin and everything you know I just wanted more out of my life and uh, and that was it I had a breakdown a, you know a a professional meltdown and I, I i i quit my jobs i uh came back to Key Biscayne. i uh i went to school to uh to see if i could uh, get a degree in education i think my, my this is when uh i guess there's a second story here is uh somewhere along the line i always believed i wanted to be a teacher uh, okay Mr. Mr. Barry in fourth grade, community school, just this dynamic individual who I just thought stuck with me. and it stuck with me for so long I, I, you know, that's what I had in mind. What a cool job this would be. And just though it was never stressed, it was never emphasized and I was never pushed into any direction, I just think... I believed that I needed to have a more traditional path—young, male, Cuban, son of a of a doctor with a, a, a you know a very solid reputation. You know, I was driven by that you know path of being successful in that way. But by 28, I, I threw that all—I I threw that all—so went back to school. Um, didn't know if I could teach, <laughs> so I took a, a job as a, a bus driver. That was going to be my first challenge. I was a school bus driver before I was anything. I went from making a lot of money to like five dollars an hour to you know dropping off kids and uh, and you know I was a bus driver <laughs> and I, uh, I I I liked it. I, I liked it. So um, that was kind of the beginning. Uh, so from a professional management position to a, a bus driver and and I uh, I like the I like telling this story because. I think um, you just have to be happy with what you do, and 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 you have to find it. And you know, there's a that old saying. I guess if you love your job, it's never work. Um, I, I took a big chance, and and I immediately realized that's what I wanted to do. And and then there it went. It just took off from there. Uh, I worked at a, a museum as an educational, you know. Not director, but uh, so, as educational uh, you know, presenter.
0: Just just to follow the the track, so you you went back to school to study education, yeah, and then then I started working. I so after you finished the education, no, no, this was ongoing. This was okay. also oh, you were you were studying and yes. working in the education. School. Yes, no,
1: no, this is you know you're 28. There's no time to to you got to work.
0: Oh, Yeah, right. maybe, maybe and, your mom had an extra room and you oh, went back. She did. Home. She did. Uh, like, okay. Oh, I'm back home.
1: I'm back home. Okay. And 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 you know, it wasn't easy. There was, a, there was you know at 28, a lot of my friends are getting married. A lot of my friends are uh, have great you know positions and 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 starting their you know have started their lives. So it, it was it was um, I, I I can honestly say it was a, a difficult time for me. I was kind of alone at this. I. Uh, you know, I, I, I did this on my own and, uh, it wasn't easy. You know, everyone sometimes struggles with, with finding what they truly love to do. And and I certainly can share that, that, that experience and that, uh, how that felt because it, it was hard, but, but I loved it. I loved it. And so, you know, I, I worked in the historical museum of South Florida and we Drive around schools and present little uh, plays on Miami history, like the Barefoot Mailman, and then and then I got my first real job at a, a school downtown, just because the director knew my dad. Again, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, just trying to claw my way into the uh, some experience, and it was uh, a funny little school, La Luce. Uh doesn't exist anymore. Certainly, uh, um, um, you know a school. Uh, where people who went there just uh, were simple. And 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 I got paid $10,000 a year. $1,000 a month straight up at the beginning of every month. There's where I learned how to manage my money and everything else. And I learned that I was horrible at managing money. So, uh, but again, uh, that year was um, one of... My, the greatest years, because it was really the first time I was in a classroom. And, and I felt the 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 rewards I got from teaching middle school. So there, there, there's where it really begins. And then I, I got lucky. I got lucky. Uh, a friend of mine worked at St. Agnes. She called me up one day and said there was an opening in the school. Key Biscayne, living on Key Biscayne, St. Agnes. My brother went to St. Agnes. Uh, and I got a job. I got a job there through the phone. I I talked to a new principal coming in called Sheila Cruz, my professional mother, and uh, who who really took care of me. And she hired me uh, hired me through a telephone conversation. I I still didn't have uh, uh, my teaching certificate. I, I I I was going to school. I was just trying to hang on. I lived at home, which was kind of. Difficult, but uh, this was 1990, so I'm young, 30. I would ride to school in a bike, and <laughs> those were the the early days. I was set. I couldn't have asked for just a better life choice. It was um, a gift. And here I am. Uh-huh. I know, whatever I am today, it was because of ni- in 1990, I was hired by Mrs. Cruz off a telephone call.
0: So I want to take a little pause to thank 3G Tutoring here, my friend Juan, for lending me his space. Can I add into something just to... Yeah, of course.
1: And his name's Juan, because I met Juan. Alejandro, you know, your two sponsors, I'm very well aware of, Sensei Robert De- Zuglo. I taught both his children, uh, Morgan and Derek. They're just amazing young adults now. I mean, I, I can tell you stories when they were 14, but I preferred to kind of recognize them today for what they've done to this community. And Mr. Zuglo is a special person and uh, I have high respect for them. So he does what teachers do, make sure that young kids grow up to could find, you know, young adults. And Juan from uh, 3G uh, Tutoring has a lot of our kids always preparing for um, high school entrance exams. And he does a fantastic job. Two great sponsors, both involved in teaching and education, but I think much more than that, um, building great people. I think the most important thing about our responsibilities.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, what I'm going to do, I feel,
1: I saw like, yeah, just. I just know them both. I, I know that they, 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 you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you know them. They're yeah. same, same, uh, same line of, of work to some extent.
0: No, hundred percent. And I feel like not, I don't have to do the, the message anymore <laughs> because you did such a great job. What a, what a great way to have your guest, uh, you know, <laughs> deliver a sponsored message. But I'm all included. I'll, I'll include it anyways. I'll, Say the sponsor message now. In a my second. first podcast is now, now my first commercial, so it's okay. There we, there we go. Podcast <laughs> and commercial Mister by uh, Mr. B is a new thing that he's doing now. <laughs> uh, expanding my experiences once again. Yeah. And we'll be right back with after the uh, RDCA sponsor. The Academy of Martial Arts in Kibiskeen, more commonly known as RDCA, is proud to have served as Island Paradise for 27 years. Join them for a free introductory class to kickstart your martial arts journey. RDCA is a family-run business headed by Sensei Robert DuSoglu with his daughter and son. Morgan and Derek, both Senseis as well. They use martial arts, elite conditioning, and life quests, their self-guided enlightenment course to forge a stronger you. With over 100 years of combined martial arts experience between the DuSoglu Senseis, RDCA provides a holistic approach to self-defense, covering a unique blend of stand-up, close-quarter combatives, technical groundwork, weapon training, and traditional form. Over 3,000 students have walked through their doors and trained on the mat at RDCA in the last two and a half decades. You can call them at 305-365-0129 or visit their website at rdcamma.com for more information in the show notes. So back to Mr. B. So you're 30 years old, is teaching at Synagnes. So how, how was that experience? Just I First, it was just... A
1: perfect storm for me. Everything came together. All my concerns and all my my desires of finding something I think really just gave me purpose really just came together. I grew up on the key. I'm a key rat. Um, I have uh, you know a passion for for key biscayne. I I belong to Saint Agnes Parish. Uh, I, I. it's part of my life this is outside of a professional you know story I hope I didn't bore anyone with you know my no. stories of the my medical uh you know uh professional career um really it was coming home and so I immediately felt at home I knew everybody I knew teachers there I knew uh I knew um you know by then uh friends of mine's um kids were going to the school and you know we would we would laugh because we would you know we would remember when we were that age and and we would always kind of comment on how uh, we were much worse than they were so don't worry about it they'll all be fine so that part was just natural um I really felt comfortable and then uh my my, I I loved being a teacher I I always say I don't want to be a professor I don't want to be an educator I don't want to feel like I, I even need to, you know, present information that has to be learned. I just want to teach them about just the love of, of, of learning and, and and let them have fun and let them grow, and and, and and I just became a kid again. Everything I loved about Key Biscay now became part of my teaching style. It was, uh, you know, go to the beach. If you live on an island and you don't go fishing, what kind of people are you... Uh, um and that always became part of part of the relationship I had with uh, with the students and so I had an um i I could identify with them and I, I guess I could be a teacher in any any place and and yet being a teacher in Key Biscayne made me a better professional without a doubt because uh, I brought in everything uh, I didn't just do lesson plans i i I told them stories and uh, I told him about failures. Sometimes we get taken t- into a path that you know sometimes doesn't offer what you're looking for in life or give you the satisfaction of um, of just leading a good life. and then you gotta remember, don't worry, don't have fear, pull yourself back and and follow your heart. Um, so so it, it, it was natural. it was easy, and i I really didn't have any teaching experience. <laughs> You know, I I had limited experience, but I guess I pulled it off because I I was a kindred spirit. I, I felt comfortable there. Reciting historical facts is easy, but making it fun or enjoyable or or uh, requires just more to it, like comfort and 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 relationships and stuff. So, I, I guess I have three decades of talking about, it and they all are also an evolution of my. Um, I don't know um, my growth also, but, um, you know, the 90s were me learning how to um, be a teacher. Made a lot of mistakes. Very unconventional learning as I go. And yet people had faith in me and they trusted me. And I, I, that was very important. And then during the, the, the next uh, decade, I, I, I guess I, I got comfortable in, in what I was doing but I was getting older, you know, and in my thirties, you could still kind of be the cool young teacher, but you know, now I'm becoming a, 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 oh, I should say, I gotta, I gotta say this. I'll say it in a minute. This is important though. um, But I want to finish this train of thought from a professional standpoint. Um, During, during the next decade, uh, the two thousands, I became established. I, I, I really settled in and I, 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 Gave everything I had to the school. That's something that I didn't even expect would happen. The school became my life. Uh, And it was easy. I can't even explain it, but St. Agnes was my life. So I coached and I participated. I I developed programs. I I wanted to make St. Agnes a great little school. And I was given that opportunity through the administrators that came during that period, too. I never wanted to be an administrator, ever. I think my role was in the classroom, but that role began to expand, understanding that outside the classroom, the school was just as important. And then in the last decade, uh, the, the, the last 10 years, I guess I just became a... A personality. I don't know what that means in in a larger scope, but you know, I I got the respect of a community. I I got the expectations that everyone wanted. Can't wait to get to your class. And that was what a gift. What a gift. And and I uh, I'm grateful for that. Everything I, I I I have done or I've given, it never was with the expectation of anything. But the best part of all our jobs is at the end of the year, everyone says thank you. And not a lot of jobs give you that simple reward that's worth more than anything that i can think of but um so they're a growth and from a rookie <laughs> who's lucky to have survived those early years to you know uh, someone who um, i guess l- loved what he did enough to um, achieve and receive uh, the respect of community that's just um, more than I thought I would ever have. So that was important.
0: But, but I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I don't know. Go, ask a question. I, I was just going to say that, I mean, your your impact to the community has been has been huge because I didn't go to St Agnes, but I, I knew of you, you know, through my sister and through her experience to your class. And I'm sure that I know a couple of other teachers, Nikki as well, but I'm sure there's more than just a handful of teachers. So for for your... Style, your the way that you you delivered your classes, that your friendships that you developed, and the way that you did it—you know—it was—it was in such a way that it touched people in a different way, in in a particular way that they wanted to share the good news of Mister B's class. Uh, and there's something about giving out free candies. Oh, uh, I think that's—I uh, think that was really what made uh, it. I I think
1: bribery is a perfect uh, strategy for uh, reaching young minds and uh if it's a little jolly rancher um uh uh, so be it i will i I will not uh i will not be a ashamed of of any tactic that i use to to reach the young mind uh but it goes to show you that it's just it's just play really we don't don't need to take it too seriously Uh, and i think uh the students um, respond to that. I'm serious. I'm I have focus and purpose, but you know you can't let that take over. You know uh, the relationships you develop. I think that's important. But yes, a lot of lot of candy involved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you threw that out, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that, that's what that, my little that that is true. My little cousin. Yeah, uh, yeah. she she was she <laughs> was looking forward to your class, but no. Now that you're moving on, um, but that's what she said. She said that, oh, you know, did you know he gives a free candy? Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. but... Uh, um, I did, I did, I did. You meant? Mentioned...
1: But they had to work for it. It wasn't just free. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I was, I, <laughs> you know, unless they caught me in a good moment. Most of it had to be earned. <laughs> okay, good, good.
0: So you you had something you wanted to share. You didn't want to interrupt your previous train of thought. So, yeah. what was it? You know, the
1: again I was going to say thank you um for having me here and we we're talking about my life and uh it, it revolves around kibasca it always has and, and and I think that's my story um uh growing up here being a teacher here it, it, it's just more than that kibasca is is my life and and to put it all into perspective and if you you know you kind of follow the the story I've told um i i i i grew up on the key I had the I have best friends here. I'm still connected. Um, but then, but then as you grew, you know, you came, you went away and you realize what you, you missed and you come back and, and then you struggle and you, you you're you not sure where your life is going and, 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 and you get an opportunity to start over again on Key Biscay. and then you grow professionally in, 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 and your dreams start coming true. But, but then it just keeps going. Uh, just to let you know, uh, I met my wife at St. Agnes Academy. So Was she another teacher? She was another teacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah, she was. Um, but? But important to note that we were set up by our principals. So it was okay. not a, we didn't break any handbook rules, I don't think, <laughs> at least. We only would get paid 10 months out of the year. So during the summer, I had to work. I would paint the school. I'd paint the classrooms. Just keep me busy again. So here's the summer. I'm in summer break. But, you know, I'm still working. Um, as a handyman and uh, it's the end of the summer and and during those days I I kept the same clothes I had from the first day so by the end of the summer my whatever I was wearing was full of paint and you know everything was full of paint and uh, the last classroom I walked into to paint uh, there was this young girl with another guy and she was a new teacher she was setting up I excused myself and I started to paint and you know we didn't have much dialogue but so be it then the first day of school came. I went. I've already been there for four years. And uh, and uh, she thought it was great that they would even... This school must be the best school in the world because they even invite the painters to start the school year. <laughs> and of that's course, awesome. um, the, the person she was talking to said, no, 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 that's not the painter, that's Mr. B. And then, uh, you know, later on, as the story unfolds, which well, later in the afternoon, I was, you know, I'm Mr. B., nice to meet you and um you know i i i kind of edged my way into you know yeah when i met you you know um i guess your boyfriend was helping you out i think that's great and she goes no no that's my brother (laughs) so you know we we our first impressions were were took us off a, a little bit but uh but then i met her and um and we we i proposed to her in in front of the whole school you know in a morning assembly that we would normally have, and uh, you know, she was a first grade teacher, I was an eighth grade teacher. Uh, you know, this was the this was the place, and we got married at Saint Agnes Church, and uh, the uh, students sang in our choir and were a part of the, the ceremony, and and then we started having children, and you know, our uh, the students were very much a part of 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 that era, and they got baptized there, and 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 so. In the end, whatever, whatever the end is, which I don't think it is, um, um, Key Biscayne is all I've ever known in one way or another. And, uh, that's the real kind of message I want to say that uh, I'm uh, a product of a great community and I have had a great life and I've been fortunate to be here, uh, talking about it because, uh. I would never thought I would. So that's that. I, we can go back to, um, you know, giving away free oxygen if you want. But uh, um, I I think that's important to share because really that's my Key Biscayne story. It's a life. I may not be uh, working at St. Agnes anymore, but, um, you know, my sisters live here. Um, uh, last night I was at a birthday party of my brother, his 60th, and, and we were over at, uh, you know, at the marine, uh, marine, um, marine school, and we had a party there. We're still coming back. We're still, uh, I'm still very my poly. After this, I'm going to go to the sir pizza and you know have a, a pizza because uh, I uh, you know still love that 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 tradition.
0: Not many old businesses still here, so um, uh, the story continues. So tell me how how did you incorporate your experiencing your time in the key into your classroom into into your teaching experience. Well, I,
1: it was easy. A, a, every every day there were stories to tell and history is stories. That's all it is. And so um I uh, you know if the kids were very smart and they knew how to distract me, you know, in the middle of talking about uh, the war of 1812 and they just asked me about uh, did you play flag football on uh, Kemiske, you know, there would go 40 minutes of me talking about it. But, but my classroom also became my historical uh, um, love of, 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 of just living on Key Biscayne. I would have uh, an entire wall of old uh, Key Biscayne pictures. And uh, I got them, by the way, by the I, the, I think the Key Biscayne Historical Society has a site on, 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 on the web. And I would just find, uh, copy and paste them. And I, I put them on paper and I'd had all these old pictures of mash the point and, uh, the, uh, marine stadium when they used to have, um, hydroplane, uh, hydroplane, uh, races, which as kids we would go and wouldn't miss it for anything. Um, and then the old, uh, old pictures of Key Biscayne before houses were built and, you know, and, and the kids would co- co- come in and, um, kind of just see what Key Biscayne was and, and, and still is. So, uh, that was very important. I also, um, you know, had all kinds of artifacts, um, from, from old Miami, like, uh, um, I found an old, um, Flagler, uh, railroad spike that, that I'd found on Key Biscayne in, in the park when I was a kid. And, you know, little stories like that. So if they found a, um, something that interests them, you know, there was always a story attached to it. And then kids started to bring gifts to me and, and, you know it was always a knickknack from where they had gone and you know miss me I was in egypt and and you know I remember you talking about this and here's a a, a pen or here's a, a a poster and everything and so every time they gave me something it would it would go up in the room and uh, and then just after 30 years it became like like uh, an old house uh, uh filled with memories and it was uh, and again it was it was still centered on keepcaing so uh, the room kind of took a little person, my own personality, uh, uh, and uh, and and helped in my in, in in my presentations, I guess, and they they felt comfortable there. So that's cool. I still have the pictures. I I, I love old Key Biscayne pictures. So yeah, again, once again, it's all it's it, it, it's it was all easy and it and it's uh, it was just. Um, it's my story, it's our story, it's everyone's story. And it's easy to tell to people who belong to the story, you know, the students of Key Biscayne.
0: So what other things do you remember that used to be here in the key that no longer exist? That's a great question.
1: There's just little things, and everyone represents just a little memory, but uh, just uh, with no, no particular order. Um, Mashed a point was this empty lot where the old mashta house was and uh now it's the 40 million dollar property but uh back then it was an empty lot and we'd drive bikes out there and it was a a tradition of seeing the sunset there and there was no better place in all of miami in anywhere to see a better sunset than right there and uh, again it was just ours it wasn't anybody else's and and that was you know a central to to our daily routine um the Old Kebas Kane Hotel, which uh, is uh, pretty much where Ocean Club is now, uh, old, old hotel, and they had this Olympic sized swimming pool with a, a high dive, a, a, a springboard. And you know, no one had these high springboards, and we'd go over there sneak in and and bounce off this thirty foot board like uh, and you know, kind of thought it was jumping off cliffs. So that was great. They also had a little three, there was a little uh, a, a, a three, a par three golf course right on that property, right by the uh, the water, which was great. Uh, st- key, the, the beach club, it's still here, but that was uh, required visiting on a daily basis. Um, moving over to the Silver Sands, which is a a great little hotel, but on the top, on the roof, they had a, a, a bar restaurant, and it was called the Eagle's Nest. And we'd go up there and, and listen to, uh, to Louis Louis Aber, Aber something, and he would play. And and we'd you know the locals would hang out there. Um, there was reefs like I'd mentioned earlier, right off the beaches back then, and we didn't have to go very far. Um, there was an old restaurant bar called the. And the, the people who who grew up in the key uh, during my time all know these things, and they've just come and gone. But where the square is, I used to have this this restaurant called Jamaica Inn and the English Pub, which was uh, the old Crandon Park Zoo, which is now the oh, which is now the Cran- which is now the Quiet Gardens. That was. That was amazing because as a kid, you would go over there and you had a, a zoo as your playground. And yet, it also came into our lives. Every night, right around sunset, the lions would roar right before getting fed. And you would hear it. It was a, a just a, a, a daily sound of lions roaring and, you know... <laughs> you're on key gain you know you're in a, a you're, you're not supposed to hear lions and and then they had an old uh train a little you know a little train there's pictures of it it's really interesting that would take people around the property but as kids we would hide behind trees and try to jump on it you know and uh, and we were thinking like we're a bunch of cops and robbers you know train robbers of in the in the western days and you know the the conductor would stop the train and chase us out and we'd, you know, kind of run back into the bushes. Uh, all those things, there was a little, uh, you know, everyone knows in Cranon in Park there's a, a merry-go-round, but, but that was a very, that was active. Till then there was a little roller skating ring right, in, right next to it. It's still there, but, you know, it has a different function now. Uh, these were all part of our, our, our playground. Um, um, the Yacht Club, um uh skiing I've mentioned skiing off uh the ski hole which is in the mangroves which was the best place it's kind of closed off now as a manatee zone which is all good you know but you know back then it was just uh open and without considerations
0: you mentioned the keyhole the old one <laughs> not the not the not the well. recent old one but the old old one uh, the
1: keyhole was a a small little bar it maybe was uh the the local dive um where People would go at night. It was dark. It wasn't very big. It had a solid door with a little kind of porthole that could look into it. And, and fishermen and and people would come after a day of, of beaching or boating, and and there's where they they would all gather. And it was, I think, uh, just uh, right now where the uh, the the mobile gas station is on the corner. So um, I missed the oasis, which was. Uh, Pretty not much now where uh, uh, weirdos, uh, weirdos, donuts and weirdos is, there, that's a new place, fantastic. But uh, that used to be uh, the Oasis, which was you know, required eating. And uh, right now where the fire station was, I'm getting a lot of memories, so I apologize. Well, I go right by the, the, where the gas station, where the fire station is now. There used to be a gas station there with no gas. <laughs> uh, and it sold um pan con biste. And that's all they sold. And there was little mechanics on it. And they had, and if I ask anyone, when you, uh, Amcar. It was called Amcar. And if you ask anyone, it had the best pan con in all of Miami. And 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 that was our dive, but there was nothing better. It was like, oh, it had, and, and the especial. You know, it was uh, 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 a palomilla steak with... Uh, cheese, onions, bacon, the papitas, you know, on 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 Cuban bread and that was you know, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> um uh Sir Pizza uh it was our mall as growing up it was where everyone congregated and that's where we hung out as kids, um, I mean our early teens, you know, those 11, 12 and 13-year-old years. Um you know, it just it just goes on and on and on, and, uh, and, and, and those are just uh, places that we just lived with every day, and, and we would, it would be a part of our, our days, you know, and, and so I guess I could keep going on.:
0: uh, I have a question. Sure. It's probably the most important question out of all of them is, how do you eat your syrup pizza?: Oh oh, uh, squares uh, with pepperoni. And no, I'm not a Italian. He doesn't dip. He doesn't dip. He doesn't dip. I do not dip. With, uh with creamy garlic. what is the, the... Oh, um I grew up with, with the ranch. The ranch. That's but, but now I upgrade. I have <laughs> I have taken it to the next level which a lot of people don't agree, which is the blue cheese. Yes. I dip in the blue
1: cheese. I do not I do not object to it, <laughs> but I'm a purist, I'm a traditionalist. Uh a uh, uh, medium cheese or medium uh, pepperoni and i'm 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 uh, 50 years in on, on it so it was all it's good it's good and it it's strange it hasn't changed you know I mean, maybe it has or maybe it hasn't but in your mind it's still the same pizza that it's always been so yeah yeah definitely definitely sir pizza haven't tried the burgers there um, I guess I've tried everything. They, the, uh, our go-to was the Crusader sandwich, the Crusader, the Crusader sub. That's when we, we when we uh, when we wanted to eat without sharing, it was the Crusader. <laughs> um, uh, and, and you know, all those places, uh, Calusa Park was still here and it was big. You know, and that's where we 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 that was where we probably initiated a lot of our explorations in Afghanistan. And, um, uh, you know, just, uh, uh places that don't, lo- no longer exist, but, um, uh, except in our minds, it's, and now it's, 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 it's even better because there's more places to eat that are fantastic. And, uh, you know, um, and, uh, it, you know, it, it's for other people's memories to, 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 to have. So that's great. My One of our favorite things to do, I guess, thinking about memories, um, was um, we would walk from the beach club to Cape Florida. And, you know, maybe that doesn't sound like much now, but but there was nothing there. There was no buildings. There weren't the towers or Casa del Mad, There was nothing. And that walk was maybe a mile, but for a 12-year-old, that was just, you know... Uh, going on a uh, you know uh, a journey, and uh, water was crystal clear. There were sharks, and there were we'd you know there were oh, no sarcasm, no 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 no, no, no. Well, yeah there always was but uh, you know what there was I thought you meant sarcasm other no, 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 no always sarcasm <laughs> um, <laughs> that's um, there was strange and 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 people
0: who remember this there was a lot of tar.
1: Um, um, just goo, oil residue.
0: Is that the thing that would stick to your feet? Yes, and then, yes. Because I remember when we would come for, the, my, my grandfather got a place in the Ellen house. Uh-huh. And we would come from Peru. Yeah. And I remember going to the beach and then they used to have this thing in, in by the door where you, with alcohol Yeah, you'd rub the little pieces of oh yeah that was tar yeah huh. yeah oh no there was a lot of it there was it was often attached
1: to sargassum and, and, and stuff like that but uh, the beach club has their little showers and right by the you know at the end of a long day you go to the shower rinse yourself off and there would be a big jug of turpentine or kerosene or you know mineral spirits or whatever uh-huh. and yeah we it would, you know sit down with a rag and and wipe it off uh, I, I think it's gotten a little better now. Yeah, uh, I, I think I've uh, but, but, it. But that's the memory more than than the the, the weeds. But um, the walk was great and it was beautiful and the water was always clear. And you know, again, uh, living on an island, uh, 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 you, you, we embraced the the ocean. It was it was um, central to our lives. You know, that was it. Go fishing every opportunity you want go diving, di- you know, diving. And right here, right off in the, in the finger channels, by right? Stillsville. Mm-hmm. What an amazing place. And back then there was a lot more houses. And over time, you know, many of them have been, have been you know, kind of destroyed and wrecked mm-hmm. or, or knocked down. And, uh, we used to sleep on those things. We, we would, Kind of come in there, and again, our boats were not the big contenders, and not the you know the 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 twin Yamahas. They were twelve foot aluminum boats with our trusty you know Johnsons, and um uh, we wouldn't think twice of going back there and uh, and and sneaking on one of the platforms and and sleeping overnight there, and we fish all night, and 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 the and we're kids. We were, you know, this all was happening when we were 15 and 14 and and I'm, I'm I'm glad I lived in that period because our, our parents didn't have a choice but to trust us, you know, they, and, 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 and it didn't take much to just say, you know, we're going with the same names we always said, Jack and George and, and Bill and we're, we're going to go, we're going to go camping for it. We didn't bring anything. Uh, we'd catch her food and we'd, we learned how to cook that way. And and again, um, just um, how many places give you that opportunity you know, to, as a kid to grow up in. So um, Stillsville, just another one of those memories. And, and I, I still have a you know, special place. As, that's, a, that's a beautiful sight. And if you're on mm-hmm. the point or you're on a boat and you see it, it's still a, a, a beautiful sight. Um, it's still there today, but the bike path that goes from, uh, probably it starts right at the Quiet Gardens and goes all the way to, uh, to the first bridge. You go back in there. That's, that was always a cool ride. It always seemed a lot longer when you were kids than it is today. Um, you know, you, you took advantage of it. We played sports all the time. We, we, you know, there, there wasn't an organized league, but flag football on Friday night. Friday Night Lights were were huge, uh, in a field right next to the old Presbyterian Church, um, and we played. Uh, you know, we played our cycles, we played baseball, then we would play flag football, then we play soccer. You know, it's an odd thing, but there was we 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 never allowed ourselves to be bored, but not intentionally. You know, it just we we just didn't know any other anything else we we just let's go and every day was it was that you know and 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 i think it's kind of still the same today it, it, you go to school three o'clock ends and what do you do you 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 jump on a bike and you go to the to the village green you go to the rec center you know if you want you go have a a pizza you do everything and it just continues it it it, it and Damn. and i i I think that uh, the young people here living on the key today are still doing the same things we did, just in a different, you know, with just different um, locations or different opportunities. Yeah. And then, again, that's why this is a great place, really. You don't do that. So my, my kids, I have three boys and my kids have grown up and uh, we live now in, in Miami, just good old Miami. And uh, they're they're getting eight, nine, and ten, and they have friends and nearby, and you know, Dad, can I go take my bike to to my, uh, to you know, Dito's house? Uh, yeah, sure. And then my wife comes out. Are you crazy? You can't let them out. You know, they'll get run over. They'll get kidnapped. They'll you know they they'll get lost. And I'll go. Oh, you know, and she, I I got caught all the time because my mannerism was more how my, my mom was. You know, like <laughs> a come back by, by dinner, you know? And, 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 uh, I just couldn't help it, but my wife has more sensibilities than I do. And, and she's crazy. We'll take you, we'll pick you up. And, and I, I kind of signed, felt bad for my kids. <laughs> Not that they knew any different, but, um, but that's something that is still kind of present here on the key. Uh, and you have a certain kind of openness that um, to some extent protects you. You know, it's like still a, a closed community. And you got the phones and got everything else that helps, which, which is great. That was a, a bonus growing up for sure.
0: Mr. B, this has been amazing to have you on the show, to get your story. We have a lot of history here in the key. So I look forward to uh, to share with everybody um, as a, as a closing question. So, what does Mister B do for fun? Uh good question. Because I probably excuse me uh, today for
1: fun today. <laughs> yeah, but I probably do the same thing I did when I was a kid. Um, yeah, yesterday I I went to the beach with my wife. Uh, uh, last week I was fishing, you know, off Key Biscayne. Um, I I I'm, I still have that routine that uh, I loved as a kid, being a part of my life. The interesting thing is that now I, I I do it with my kids, and my 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 boys are are not young anymore. And when they were young, I introduced them to fishing and diving, and and they loved the beach and and riding bikes and all this thing. And now that they're older, I kind of just watch them enjoying what I enjoy, and and that is something that I'm very proud of uh my my youngest son is uh, loves fishing and my middle son is a great diver he 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 dives a lot he's really good and my oldest son is a photographer and i, I used to love photography and and so we've we've kind of uh we we share our passions and if they pick it up you you're, you're happy because then you get to live you know through them so uh no um, I'll probably go to sir pizza <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, uh have a, a, a medium uh pepperoni uh with no ranch. I'm sorry, but uh okay. I'm traditionalist, it's all right. Um I, I will go see my sisters who live on the key and then um and then uh, go home. Um but uh tomorrow I'll be back and I'll I'll probably you know eat, sleep and repeat, you know. Uh just uh, uh that's why I love Miami. Uh, because I do this the things that I've always loved doing on um, Key Biscayne. Um, I love the ocean. I love my family, and in the end, that's all you really need—at uh, least in my my life—to be happy. So I want to thank you for having me here. I, uh, it's odd talking about you know these these memories, and I I I, I, I share them with you because um, it reflects the, the 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 community we live in. And we talked a little while ago that you know it's changed, but change is not something bad. Change is just natural. We've all changed. I'm not the same person I was, you know, on the first day I came to Key Biscayne in 1966, and and yet it's still Key Biscayne. So um, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun talking about these things I hadn't thought about in a while, and uh, maybe uh, we can make some more memories as we move along.
0: The Academy of Martial Arts in Key Biscayne, more commonly known as RDCA, is proud to have served this island paradise for 27 years. RDCA is a family-run business headed by Sensei Robert Usoglu with his daughter and son, Morgan and Derek, both Senseis as well. They use the martial arts, elite conditioning, and life quest, their guided self-enlightenment course, to forge a stronger you. With over 100 plus years of combined martial arts experience, Between the Dusoglucenseis, RDCA provides a holistic approach to self-defense, covering a unique blend of stand-up, close-quarter combatives, technical groundwork, weapons training, and traditional forms. Over 3,000 students have walked through the doors and trained on the mat at RDCA in the last two and a half decades. They are proud to continue this legacy today and pass on their knowledge to the next generation of future black belts and life questers. Join them for a free introductory class to kickstart your martial arts journey. You can call them at 305-365-0129 or visit their website at rdcamma.com. For more information, you can check out the show notes.